And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Attention, people of Earth. Do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bots, Bugs, and Babes meets Earth Destruction Directive. Yes, folks, we are bringing this the, the Triple B and the EDD coming together uh, to present to you our uh, preview, our Monster Mash preview special for upcoming movies in 2018. Yeah, well, they finally caught on in Hollywood that if they make movies with big monsters and big robots in it, people might pay money to go see them. So they've started making those films again, despite the fact that uh, we've been espousing those films for years on these shows. <laughs> Yeah, well, there used to be, you know, the old, uh, you know, the, the in the fifties especially, they would, you know, kind of crank out those movies, uh, you know, even if the, you know, the poster art was better than the movie, the monster you were getting, kind of thing, and they knew that they could put kids in seats, and then, you know, they would get your, uh, you know, what is the old thing, um, you know, the monsters will be in color, and the last, you know, thirty seconds are in color, but they had your quarter, you'll know, come back next week, kid, you know, kind of thing, and yeah, uh, well, even know. even the most amateurish filmmaker could cut together, you know. 90 minutes to, or 90 seconds to two minutes of footage for a good trailer back in the fifties mm-hmm. and sixties, you know, and it's like, man, they got all, this is action packed. Yeah. It's like, be prepared for those scenes. And then people talking and opening doors <laughs> and climbing ladders. Yeah. So what is that? Cl- rock climbing, rock, rock climbing. climbing. Well, isn't that, isn't that the, the, Oh, that's uh, lost continent. Yes. Lost. That's lost continent. And then revenge of the creature. Isn't that is climbing ladders, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Because uh, it's just them up and down ladders, up and down. The whole movie's up and down ladders, and you don't realize it until you watch it. You're like, they are climbing up and down ladders. Oh, it's like putting your knee up in the giant heel monster. It's like, this, this is this is a technique used to crutch out a shot by certain amateurish filmmakers. Get your knee up here, boy. Oh, it's true. It's true. It's sad, but true. Mm. So, um, all right, folks. So, um, we're going to cover three movies tonight, and the uh, first movie... Uh, that we're going to cover is Pacific Rim 2 Uprising. And we'll get to it right after this. This is 
our time. This is our chance to make a difference. Now let's get it done. That's what I'm talking about. They've evolved and they could wipe out all life. Y'all remember me? Y'all remember me? In my focus, I wanna get it all, till I die. Get it all, till I die. I think I could get used to this. In my focus, I wanna get it all, till I die. There's something you need to see. That's all I got to say about this. Uh, I mean, um, you know, I, I was such a big fan of the first Pacific Rim. And I remember going to see that with a whole group. We went up to Rock Hill, which is just outside of Charlotte. And we met up with my friend Joe and a bunch of his friends from up there. And, you know, we had basically the theater to ourselves to go see Pacific Rim. And that was just such a great experience. That, and that movie itself is just such a such a singularly good movie that. It was one of those ones that, you know, when Del Toro said, yeah, 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 we're going to make a sequel, I had always kind of kind of filed it away like Hellboy 3 or some of the other ones that Del Toro says, you know, we'll make it when I have the money and the time. And it's like he he means it. We It just may be five, ten years before we see it, yeah. you know. So that it took five years to get the sequel to Pacific Rim is not real surprising to me. But uh, now the thing that, that, that I like right about this trailer right up front that really connects it to me, to the original Pacific Rim, is the sense of scale is immediate. Mm-hmm. Right in the first scene in the trailer when we see the uh, the Jaeger base under attack and the girl is looking around and we see the Jaeger walking by, and it's a sense of scale, which Pacific Rim did such a wonderful job on of showing these gigantic, both the Kaiju and the Jaegers, in relation to humans. You know? Right, right. So I, I, that, that, that got me ready to go right there, right from the first shot. And the, the thing is, too, is um, there's a few different cuts of the trailer. There's the international cut. There's a few different ones that have a few different pieces. Um, I know the one the the international cut that I, I it must have it must be the one from Japan, because um, obviously there's there's, you know, like them speaking in English and there's like, you know, translated stuff underneath. And then there's actually people speaking in Japanese at one point, you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah. They show a few different scenes that are that are not in the U.S. cut trailer. Um, and I think there in that trailer, they kind of open the same way, um, once they get to the actual footage about like, you know, showing the scale and stuff, but they kind of hold back on some of that, you know, some of the Jaegers doing their stuff, you know, kind of thing. Um, it's just kind of giving you a different feel. One of the things that I know dad had actually said this to me the other day, he said he felt the, cause he only seen the U S uh, trailer that, you know, the, the, the main one we had seen. He felt that the the action was too frenetic. It was kind of reminded him of like the Transformers, how everything was cut together. And I said, "Oh, I said you got to watch the international trailer. It's cut differently." Because yeah. he was he was worried that like, well, I don't want the movie to be so fast paced. You miss everything. He goes, "That's one of the great parts about the original Pacific Rim, is right. that you can see it all. Like even right. though it's all computer, you know, it's computer graphics and everything else, 
you can still see the fights. Things make sense. Things are happening in the screen. It's not all just, you know, cut, 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 cut. Um, yeah. Well, the so, trailer for the original Pacific Rim was not cut that way. It gave no. a real indication of what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know, the one uh, they always show uh, uh, Gypsy dragging the uh, tanker yes. through the streets of Hong Kong, <laughs> which is just classic. But yeah, I, I, I chalked that up to it being the advertising yep. because at the, you know, the, the money shot at the end with all the Jaegers charging the gigantic kaiju, mm-hmm. they're, they're still moving with heft. You know, mm-hmm. and so I, I'm I'm not, you know, I, I think we're on target with that. And one thing I did not realize about this until I started doing a little bit of research for this is that John Boyega, who, uh, you know, most most people know as Finn, mm-hmm. you know, friend zone, friend zone Finn from the new uh, Star Wars <laughs> movies, friend zone Finn. But uh, he, besides starring in this, is actually one of the producers. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So him and, and he is he is believable as Deacon Pentecost's son. He, he looks close mm-hmm. enough. His voice, you know, he's he's got the he's affecting the same type of uh, accent that Idris Elba used in um, in the first film. So I can buy him as Deacon Pentecost's son, and and he's old enough that you can say, okay, well, it, this has got to be how many years right, after right. the original, if you know uh, Deacon has a son that's in his you know a young man now. So, yeah. uh, so I think it's uh, I, uh, the, the casting I th- I thought was good, but it's interesting. Um, a lot of the cast is back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Charlie Day and Bern Gorman as uh, as uh, Dr. Geisler and Dr. Gottlieb are yep. back. Yep. And then uh, Rinko Kuchi, uh, Kuki, Kukichu is back as Mako Mori. Yep. And we see her walking. She's all she's all uh, all flashy now. I guess mm-hmm. you know she's not piloting Jaegers anymore. Yeah. Well, the the one thing because when I was saying when I watched the international trailer, she's actually speaking in Japanese, which is why uh, you know it's like. Her, I mean, I don't know what she was actually saying because they don't translate in English on the bottom for you. This is right. not a, you know, but it's it's. I think what they understood about in the original Pacific Rim because Dad and I saw it opening weekend. We went together to see it, um, and we we're in a theater that didn't have many people in it, and the people who were right. there knew what they were, knew what they were coming to see. And I think some of the problem, not the problem, but I think some of the the reason why some people didn't weren't as accepting of it. They're like, Oh, it's like robots and monster. Like they kind of have this preconceived notion of what they think it might've been without giving it a chance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where uh, it's, it's, and it's a hard road for yeah. any original property nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an adaptation or remake or sequel. Exactly. So maybe yeah. as a sequel, this will have an easier go of it. I don't know. So, well, that's the thing is if people don't know it, then it's like, Oh, I don't know about this. But like, you know, if, if it was, if it was, I mean, once you put the name Transformers on some people, like I know Transformers, even though the, yeah. the Transformers movies look nothing like the old TV show, that was right. something that people knew. And, yeah. you know, well, and, and the thing and, you know, and, and the thing with Transformers always is that they, you know, was the right guy for that franchise mm-hmm. at the right time because of the stuff. I mean, when you when you dig into the stuff that they innovated using the IMAX cameras for on those five films. Yeah. It's astounding when you, from a technical standpoint, looking at it. Fine, you want to say, okay, that these movies are stupid or whatever, and, I, and I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. But what, just watching them from a technical standpoint can be very, especially on Blu-ray, can be very impressive when you see kind of stuff they're doing with an IMAX camera. And I didn't get the opportunity to see um, Pacific Rim in the IMAX. I saw it in a normal presentation, but I would love to see it in IMAX because of some of the stuff that that some of the innovations at Bay and his. Um, kind of the guys that subscribe to his school of filmmaking have done with the IMAX shooting 
um, techniques and what they can do with the camera and the IMAX film that's available now. It should be. I mean, because I, I the first IMAX film I had seen in quite a long time was earlier this, um, excuse me, end of last year. I saw um, J- Justice League in IMAX, and that was that was breathtaking. I looked great in IMAX. Sure. So a film like this with gigantic characters, you know, with the the, the Jaegers and the Kaiju, I, I imagine that would look really impressive on a a, a giant screen format. I, w- I would think I would compare it kind of like Dad and I saw Kong Skull Island in IMAX right. 3D. Yeah. Um, and this, to me, um, even though I don't know, I mean, depending on, you know, if, if Dad and I are going to see it together, if I'm going to see it, because Haley seems to show some interest in seeing this. I just don't know how, you know, uh, you know, IMAX with the little one is always, you know, I mean, she's seven, but she's still, this is still, you know, movies still are kind of fidgety kind of things, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, to me, like when you see me, we, we saw Kong that way and it kind of like, wow, it's just bigger than life. And not that Kong loses. I mean, it's still a great movie on Blu-ray, but when you're seeing it and that the big it's presented the way it's supposed to be seen. And right. to me, this movie appears that way. Just the, the Jaeger, the amount of Jaegers you see in the trailer right. definitely say, OK, look, there's some big things here. And then the Kiaju is even bigger. Right. The one, at the, the one at the end, just, you know, I know we're going to get to that, but it's like it's like. Okay, Wait, really? Like he's yeah. that much? He's huge! Like because you're looking, you're like, okay, you got like they, they, um, you know, they got the the hand going that looks like it's like a ball spiked like a mace, and it's right. you know, spinning. The other thing's electric. You're like he's got a uh, like a whip, and there's whip a sword. sword yeah. And I'm like, all right, they got some weapons. You're like, I don't, I don't know if it's gonna do anything to that. Uh, well, the thing that, that I, the thing that struck me, that there's two things about that whole sequence in the trailer. One, it takes place in daylight. Yep. And a lot, a lot of Pacific Rim, the action scenes take place at night. Yeah. They're, they're, they're lit by the city at night in Hong Kong or they're, you know, when they're fighting out in the, uh, the Arctic Ocean sure. at, in, uh, in, in the middle of the night. And then obviously when they're under the, in the trench, they're mm-hmm. at the bottom of the ocean. So right. there's not yeah. a lot of light. Yeah. 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 So just here in the trailer, it's a brighter. Uh, film just sure. visually and you know the the sequel's got to be bigger and badder so that last sequence has four jaegers all fighting at once when in the fi- in the first film the most we ever got was three yeah so they yeah. you know so they, they've got to up the ante a little bit because it's a sequel yeah you know and and gypsy's still out there but now you've got some other badass looking jaegers out there you know riding shotgun with gypsy danger yeah well the thing is too is and this is one of the things we had talked about at the end of Pacific Rim, when they, you know, they're when they're going to try and kill the Kiaju or you know close the Rift and all this stuff, that now they have the technology, they have the the Jaeger, and right. you know they're now going to be able to take that technology and because they keep you know the first Kiaju that come through the level you know the the category ones they could take care of them with the army, you know, and they kept getting bigger and better and they kept you know evolving and like learning from what they did wrong, you know. Right. And now you have the technology to, to the, what we're going to fight you with. We now have your, you know, it's, it would be, it would be akin to, uh, um, let's say during World War II, the Nazis capturing, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, an, an, no, something, yeah, you know, like, like, or like, like American technology and using mm-hmm. that technology somehow against the Americans. You know what I'm saying? Right, something yeah. where, like, what's up with what is it's a normal tank or a plane? Yeah. And well, that's I mean, that's what uh, I mean, uh, that was what um, Del Toro had said mm-hmm. when they said, oh, what can you tell us about Pacific Rim, too? He said, well, think about this. He goes. So at the end, like we like you just said, at the end of Pacific Rim, the Kaiju have a have parts of a Jaeger. He said and earlier in the film, a human drifted with a Kaiju. Mm-hmm. He said, so what can humans learn from Kaiju and what can Kaiju learn from humans? 
Mm. And and so that and he said that's all I'm going to say. And it it and I'm and it's kind of that there's some there's some mystery here because we see Gypsy Danger fighting what appears to be an enemy Jaeger of some kind. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know is it a is this a third you know a third factor. Is this a, a criminal element or a rogue nation or something that is yeah. using Jaegers for their own gain? Is this, like, we, like we, we've all long thought, a Jaeger-Kaiju hybrid of some mm-hmm. kind? So it, 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 there's, there's more to the story here because we don't have – you know, we, we have some we, – we have very basic idea of the story. Okay, it's like 20 years later and the rift is back open. Mm-hmm. But as to what's actually going on, this trailer does a good job of not really telling you anything. Right. It gives you enough where you're like, wow, that looks great. Like, I, you know, you're, you can see the money on the screen, but doesn't yeah. give you the whole movie. Right. And I think sometimes um, trailers nowadays, they feel they have to tell you everything. So you're not like surprised coming in. You yeah. know, they don't want to surprise you because they don't want you to come in and go, oh, I didn't like it because I didn't see that coming. And it's like, you know, back in the day, you were like, wow, I was great because I didn't see that coming. You yeah. know, kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say with when, when they're fighting the, when the two Jaegers are fighting, at least right. in the, in the international trailer, they cut a lot of that down and it's only at the very, very end they show that, which I guess if they had, if you had never seen the U.S. trailer, it'd be like, oh, like, look at that's cool. Like, it's just like a quick tease at the end, but they show a good amount of them fighting. Right. And I'm wondering, because you see when, when the giant Kaiju's rising up at the end, when the four Jaegers are ready to take him out, it appears to be like, it's, it has, I don't know if it's his mouth or his chest appears to open and then come back in on itself. So is it somehow like transforming? Is it right. somehow like, like, you know, the way, um, you know, is it trying, is it, is it have something inside of it that it's letting out? Maybe they have their own, their own, you know, their, their own hybrid that it was carrying there. Right. You, you just don't know. And mm. I think that's the cool part about it because that's now going to lead to, because in the first one, it's all, you know, robot versus monster, right? And now yeah. it's robot versus robot at some point, right. too. You're like, oh, that could be cool, you know? Um, yeah. and, and, you know, you, again, since we don't know for sure what it's going to be, you know, that, and like you said, it could be a complete twist and be another nation who has their yeah. own kaiju, you know, their own. Right. It could, it could be, it, yeah, it could be like a North Korea type sure. of nation, a rogue nation that has salvaged one and is using it for their own purpose. Yeah. You know, it yeah. could be, yes, I mean, we don't, we just don't know. Yeah. Which I think would be a really cool take on that. And I mean, not that, not that it would be cool if the, if the Kaiju somehow figured out how to create their own Jaeger, you know, Kaiju hybrid and, and it could like, you know, and it could change to adapt to what's there, which would be really cool too. But I think that would just give the story a little more, you know, twist being different, yeah, you know, right. because I mean, I mean, that happens too often. We see trailer, I mean, the trailer, excuse me, we see sequels where it's like, hey, remember that first movie? Yeah, we yeah. got some more of that. There's more of that, yeah. yeah. You know, so, but uh, it is, it, I tell you, the, the trailer to me, having watched uh, the, the different, you know, there's, there's two different U.S. cuts. One's a little, it's a little bit longer. It takes some of the, the international footage and puts it on the international cut. This looks interesting. And yeah. um, the one thing about uh, Romulo Toro is that he, he did say, well, there's more story to tell, right? He's always said there's more story to tell. Like he, he never feels like if, if he didn't believe there was more story to tell, he would tell you that, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's just like with Hellboy yeah. and like with anything else. It doesn't matter. Pan's Labyrinth or it doesn't matter. If he feels there's more story, he always tells you well, there's more story. There's more to this. And I think what we're getting here um, is that, you know, there's definitely more like this didn't end. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, 
the very end of Pacific Rim was not the end of this. Is right. that you know it was just them trying to figure out a, you know the Kiaju now trying to learn and how can we you know get back to where we want to be and get and take over their worlds. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I think it looks really interesting. I definitely. Oh, the only thing I can say in closing is that they there's a line. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing, what I can say is that there's a line in this trailer that, to me, kind of sums up everything that I think about the Pacific Rim franchise. And he's, you know, uh, Jake, who is uh, John Boiga's character, says, "We were born into a war between the monsters that destroyed our cities and the monsters we created to stop them." Yeah, I'm, you know that 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 was always my favorite line from from the original. Um, you know, to to fight monsters, we created monsters, right. and that always puts over the Jaegers. It's like they're not. You know, th- these are these are not, um, you know, something you want to be messing with. These are these are m- weapons of mass destruction that are piloted by men right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, they are not to be trifled with. So the one the only last thing I wanted to mention here, um, you know, they have the idea of, you know, you had to be you and the, your partner had to have a connection so you could, you know, you could drift, to, you know, together and stuff like that. I'm wondering if they're going to address that here is has the technology come to a point where you don't have to be fully connected with the person in there with you is it you know is it able to yeah. you know i just don't know i mean i think that might be something that again you could change it a little bit maybe now they found a way so it doesn't quite kill you as much to yeah. actually you know pilot them and maybe that's a little different too so you know and we, you know, again it's great we have questions about the movie we, we right. have like oh, what's going on see you know it's one thing to kind of know everything's going to happen but i'd rather not know what's going to happen you know, right. I'd rather walk in. The, I'd rather walk in a movie thing. I go, okay, looking forward to this. You know, the effects look good. All right, let's see what happens. You know, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I mean, to me, if it's based on a book, okay, fine. I've read the book. Like, I kind of know what's going to happen. But you know, what I'm saying, like, I mean, they still change stuff. But it's nice yeah. to walk in once in a while and not have any idea what's actually not have happen. an idea what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So again, looking forward to that one. That's that's what March, right? I think right. That uh, is United in the U.S. release is March 23rd. Yeah. So, okay. So coming up in a, you know, soon. few scant months. Yeah. You know, hopefully it'll stop snowing by then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So next up, folks, we're going to talk about uh, the, the, the rock in Rampage. And we'll get to that right after this. It's weird. You like hang out with animals more than people. Yeah, well, animals get me. I rescued George when he was two years old. George never would have survived on his own. He definitely trusts you. Last night, George was seven feet and weighed 500 pounds. George, you okay, buddy? You're scared. It's okay. This morning, he's nine feet pushing a thousand. What's happening to my friend? Are you familiar with genetic editing? Changes will be incredibly unpredictable. Is he the only one? Oh, you didn't know about the 30 foot wolf? <laughs> day, huh? Science experiments falling from the sky. Having George on that plane, it's a big mistake. I think we'll be all right. 
Missing right now is a giant crocodile. Okay, well, you know the the first thing that I said to myself when I heard this movie announced, and they said that uh, you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson is going to be in a big screen adaptation of the video game rampage. I said, that is perfect because the rock, the rock brings his a game to every single picture he is in. I don't care if it's an action movie. I don't care if it's a comedy. I don't care if it's a drama. I'm trying. I mean, I was trying to think if there was a, a film that the, the, the Johnson was in where he wasn't good. He's been in some movies that aren't good, yeah. but he is always good. Yeah. And, I mean, and, uh, and when I, when I first, yeah. and so, while watching this trailer, the other thing that that that's chipped out to me, it said from the director and writer of San Andreas, mm-hmm. which is that's director Brad Payton, and then the screenplay is part is credited to Carlton Cuse, who fans of the show Lost will know that name as well. Mm-hmm. But San Andreas was light years better than it had any right, right to be. <laughs> exactly. And, and so to put the three of them back together in a movie that seems just perfectly made, perfect as a, you know, a, a perfect story to tell on the big screen, this this is like printing money as yeah. far as I'm concerned. This yeah. looks brilliant. Yeah. And I think the thing, too, um, and it's it's kind of funny when, 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 when The Rock was, you know, still becoming The Rock, you know, back in the day. He, he had a lot of charisma. Like, oh, this guy's good. Dwayne Johnson has gone next level in what he can put out because yes. he's able to make any type of movie and, and sell it, you know, cause he, he just, he just has that level, which I mean, to me, I think John Cena is starting to get to that point too. He's not, he's not, he's nowhere near Dwayne Johnson level yet, but, but that's what they want him to be. I mean, yeah. I mean, we, we talked briefly about transformers. I mean, yeah. John Cena is the star in the next transformers film, yeah. well, and, which and, means, which means that if the Hasbro cinematic universe happens, yeah. John Cena and Dwayne Johnson are in the same cinematic universe. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and exactly what I'm saying is, you know, you think about it, like Cena's done comedy. Um, he he might be the only part that's even funny in uh, uh, that Amy Schumer does. Like train, train wreck. I mean, yeah. his parts are hysterical. They're not appropriate for either of our shows, um, but they are hysterically funny. He's in a new movie coming up, or he again he does his comedy, but he also started out doing the Marine. 12 yep. rounds and, stuff. and Cena is just a likable you know person and it's funny because Can I just say that the funniest that Cena has ever done mm. the funniest cinematic role Cena's ever done is his tiny cameo in Daddy's Home Oh well I guess there's more coming in Daddy's Home too Right but, uh, right you think yeah. Daddy's Home too but at the end of Daddy's Home <laughs> Yes yes You must be Roger Nope <laughs> <laughs> 
So I uh, like him. I like him. He's got he's got legs like people. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, you know, the thing of it is, you think about it, like where Cena's still getting there, The Rock has arrived, and The Rock is now a bankable star. He's one of the highest paid actors. So when when Haley said, "Daddy, you know who's in this movie?" I always say, "The Rock," because like. Any Nine movie, times out of ten, that's right. Any movie she says to me, it could be The Rock. Like, he could be right. there. And, you know, I know he's supposed to be Black Adam and all this other stuff that's going on. And I'm like, yes. Yes, I 100% <laughs> want to see that. Um, and the nice part about the, the Rampage, for maybe those of you who um, are – well, those of you who are old enough to have played it in the arcade, Rampage was a lot of fun as a video game. Yeah. Um, and, again, it's not the most uh, – uh, say deepest story in the world, but man was a lot of fun. And the great part about rampage as a video game, you're playing and you kind of had a good time and you and I played, you know, know, forever on those games um, is that it's got a group, you know, basically a King Kong in George, right? It's got a Godzilla in Lizzie and it's got a giant werewolf in Ralph. And those kind of like appeal to a lot of people yet. Instead of doing exactly what I was hoping, when I heard Rampage was coming, I'm like, oh, no, I got to I know what they're going to do. They're going to make them all like humanoid. I'm like, no, it's going to be bad because they can't really do Godzilla. You can't really do the Wolfman. You can't really do King Kong. But instead, they went more of the thinking like, hey, let's think about how to make these things look like real animals that have been mutated. Now, this is the one if, if there's one gripe I can have. George looks great from what we oh, see in yeah. the trailer. I think they figured out how to do the gorilla, you know, kind of thing. The, 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 the as, as, uh, as my, my, um, you know, as uh, Emily would have said, the monkeys, you know, you yeah. can figure them out. Right. Because we've seen now with Peter Jackson's Kong and in Skull Island and all of the, uh, the, 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 the planet of the apes movies, the war, of the planet of the apes, you know, kind of thing. Those the, we've seen that they've figured out how to do the simian, body the simian movement that looks great i'm not a hundred percent in love with what i saw originally for ralph because he kind of moves and gets i understand he's a wolf and we don't see a lot of him and i'm hoping that maybe it's just because we didn't see a lot of him but it just moves a little weird that's i'm like "Mm, i'm a little worried about that but the little bit he's kind of trotting along in that one part at the end which is a little odd but when he when we first see him in the woods when he's smaller yeah he he looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And um yeah. and and I and Lizzie. Yeah, yeah. Lizzie. She gets so. she gets the money shot in this trailer, and, yeah. and it's great. Yeah. I was just thinking, what we're missing was a gigantic alligator. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying, but the thing with Lizzie, she, I I think they figured that stuff out, and I think that's yeah. part of what, um, and this goes back to uh to, to me, the Lord of the Rings. When you know, think about the movies that came out around like when the like, Fellowship came out, and then you yeah. saw Fellowship, you're like, what? People yeah. can really. Well, look at this. Look what yeah. they can do. Why are we right. watching that stuff? And the evolution keeps happening. And like, you know, there's a refining and stuff. And I've heard this from, you know, people in the industry um, that I've spoken to directly and I've, you know, talked to whatever, like Steve Wang and guys like that, where I said, you know, it's hard. Isn't it hard to kind of balance that? He goes, well, sometimes we just can't do things with physical effects. That's true. Right. And sometimes it's not cost effective to do it with physical effects. And that's true, but you have to marry them well. And just because you can do more doesn't mean you need to do more. I think that's one of the things that we've seen over the years. They've kind of started to realize like, well, I don't have to, we can make this look more realistic, even though it's computer generated. 
And right. like I said, uh, you know, it's a little nitpick. He just, it kind of looks weird when the way Ralph's moving when he's larger, but he looks better when he's small. So yeah. maybe it's just the way that scene is. Right. Um, but I mean, the thing is, you're going into this movie, you're totally going to buy, you know, what's going on. The yeah, funny you're going to buy everything else. Yeah. Right. You know, it's really funny, and, and you'll appreciate this. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, The Rock says, uh, you know, George, this morning he was seven feet tall and 500 pounds. I said, The Big Show? Yeah. Really? <laughs> and yeah, now basically. He's, yeah, but, and now he's nine feet tall and 1,000 pounds. And it's like, you know, the idea not, that he's... That's not The Big Show. Yeah, yeah no, that's not The Big Show. That that's like Braun Strowman. Yeah, that would be... <laughs> He flipped the truck, <laughs> except when there's a big thing pulling it over. But anyway, well, but, right. yeah. Um, well, the, the George has just just uh, he has so much character mm-hmm. in this trailer. You know, like you said, he, I mean, first off, he's he's they made him an albino ape, yeah. and you know, they make a point about the relationship between him and the Rock, and how he says he, he couldn't survive in the wild, and he's you know, he's raised him since he was uh, you know two years old and all that, and it's believable because you know we're uh, as as primates ourselves. Yeah. We are more prone to be um, sympathetic with a, a primate character. We've seen this for many, many different iterations of King Kong, but also, you know, any other um, primate monster. We tend to they, they tend to be more sympathetic. You know, Mighty Joe Young is always a good example, but even like the Mighty Peking Man or uh, you know the various other uh, simian monsters, as opposed to a um, you know in this case a reptile which is the other, clearly, and then a, a, a carnivore, a canis, in the form of, of a wolf, which, you know, we, we can understand them. We have a relationship because of the human canine thing, but we're not, we don't really understand them, right, you know. Right. So, so, but George just shows so much character in the, the bits with him and The Rock, and then, you know, the, the idea of, um, uh, you know, the comedian there, um, uh, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Jeffrey is Morgan, obviously yeah. one of the bad guys. And he's going to lock them up. It's like, well, that's not going to work. It's like you can you can understand that in the video game they were mutated humans, but in this they're mutated animals. So you can immediately understand, okay, if they're if they're scared, if they're hurt, if they're cornered, if they're caged, they're going to lash out. They're wild animals, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And if George, if he's you know, we've been told that he doesn't know how to live in the wild, he's not going to understand this kind of stuff. He's been living in a habitat, you know. Right. So a cage is going to be alien to him. So you can it, it's it's a it's to me it's it's a good change. What what's interesting about Rampage is that the arcade game came out in 1986. Yep. Back in the days of hallowed antiquity, mm-hmm. and it was ported to just about every system imaginable. Yep. We played the living hell out of it on the Sega Master System. I have about 20 feet from where mm-hmm. I sit, my Master System hooked up, and I did in fact play Rampage on it the other day. Um, but then what was funny about Rampage is that it got a second life. Ten years after the fact, when it uh, Rampage World Tour mm-hmm. was a huge game mm-hmm. in the, the the first generation PlayStation, the Saturn, the Nintendo yep. sixty four yep. that era. So there's two whole generations that know Rampage, and they've made you know other Rampage games in the interim after them. So it's like this concept is 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 you know kind of an evergreen concept. Playing as a monster, smash buildings. Yep. And and it's it's got just enough of a concept that you can make whatever kind of story you want out of it. And they didn't they're not going you know, they're they're not making Ulysses here. Right. But if you're gonna make a movie out of a video game, you know, keep it keep it simple, stupid. I'm I'm yeah. well in, in uh, uh on board with that. Yeah. And the thing is too, um make sure that you're gonna have what people are gonna wanna see. Because if it this is this is what I always I always liken this back to when we saw when I saw three hundred. 
right? Three, you walked in the 300. The and, most masculine film ever made. Yeah, but I'm saying, but in 300, I mean, we're uh, just after he he goes and sees the you know the the um, not the oracles, whatever they call them, like the you know to so, so, know, know if the war is going to go his way. And this yeah. woman gets up and walks out, and she's furious. <laughs> and the husband's walking behind her, eating the popcorn, watching the movie. And she says, "This is not what I thought it was going to be at all." <laughs> and I'm like, "Um, what did you think it was about?" Like. You know, the the title is I mean, Rampage. It's based on a video game where you destroy buildings and eat people and whatever. And it's got giant monsters in it. Like, there's no need to, like, let's jazz it up. Right. With, like, so, like, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be The Rock is going to have some girl, girlfriend or wife or whatever. I'm sure there's going to be that stuff going on. But it doesn't have to be the main story. The main story here is that George is... You know, uh, the, you know, the, the rock, Dwayne Johnson is, you know, he's raised them and now this is a problem and he's trying to keep them safe and not get them hurt. And now there's more creatures and stuff. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to, you know, there doesn't have to be a love story. There doesn't have to be, you know, something deeper. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be other stuff with it, but it doesn't have to be the main focus of the film. And if you're going to see Rampage, yeah, if you're walking in expecting to see the post, you got a yeah. problem. Like, I'm just, you know. <laughs> right. So, and, and quite frankly, Rampage may actually be slightly more realistic than The Post, to be yeah, completely well, honest. But, yeah. I mean, prove to me that, you know, that's not going to cause giant monsters. Prove to me it won't, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's the old Andrew Leyland bit about people say Batman's realistic. It's like bullshit. If you swing on a rope, your shoulder is going to dislocate. Prove to me that an alien under Earth's yellow sun doesn't have superpowers. You can't. <laughs> so. Oh, the, the tree. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, but yeah, you know, and, and, it, yeah. and it's, and it's the truth hurts. Yeah. Oh. But you know, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, um, watching the trailer, we saw the trailer and Haley saw it with me and she's like, Whoa, dad, this looks like fun. Like, it just looks like a fun time. It yeah. looks like a popcorn movie. Um, it's probably not going to change your life, but you know what? Movies aren't necessarily designed to change your life. They're designed to entertain you for 90 to 120 minutes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like not everything in the world has to be. Uh, you know, life altering. There right. is something to be said about going and disconnecting from, you know, all the, you know, horse crap in the real world for 90 minutes and watching, you know, a big ape and a, gor and a, a, a big gorilla and a, and a wolf and a, and a, you know, a, the biggest, uh, you know, crocodile or alligator this side of Jurassic Park, you know, come, uh, you know, storming through whatever city it's supposed to be. Right. And, you know, and it's just enjoy yourself and have fun. And I think, again, I mean, we haven't seen it yet, but I think this looks like one of those movies like this should look like a real, this could be a bunch of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's what they wanted Battleship to be. When they, when they made, right. they made Battleship. Yeah. And Battleship was better than its reputation. Yes. Frankly. Yes. But I'm saying, but it's, but I mean, when you're watching, it, you're like, okay, like, okay. Like some of the, some of the things fall kind of flat. I think some of those choices they made for the, quote unquote actors in certain places might have fall, yes. fallen flat and that what hurts it a little bit. But I think it's, it's the, it's, they've learned from that stuff. And I, and you make a great point about the idea that it's, it's the director of, you know, and the writer from San Andreas, San Andreas has no business being any good at all. Right. You know, it should be like, Oh, great. Oh, look at this movie. Right. And you watch it. You're like, okay, that's pretty good. Like, you know, kind of thing. Now, was it like, wow, I now understand myself better and I can go be a better person in the world from it? No, but nope. you know what, you know, but like, but it was a fun time. You're, you're, yeah. You know, it's got a lot of action. It's well, it's well acted. It's well put together. It's well shot. Great. Yeah. That's what I need from a movie, you know, kind of mm -hmm. thing. Oh yeah. I mean, 
you know, that's that, that that's all I'm looking for most of the time here. You know, it's, it's just do it. Did I enjoy myself? Was it? Am I still thinking about? You know, one of the questions is, did I? Am I still thinking about the movie afterwards, or did I forget about it? Mm-hmm. And even a good popcorn movie, sure. If it really does its job, you'll think about it a while afterwards. Yeah. But you don't have to. Yeah. You know, if you enjoyed yourself, it's done its job. Right. And uh, so I, I don't know where where this is going to fall, but I, I definitely want to want to go see this one. I've yeah. got a, a friend of mine that, that will go to just about any big uh, Hollywood <laughs> movie with me. So Kevin and I may go see this yeah. one. Um, and this drops uh, April 20th, uh, you know, so it's you know, so what um, this is April. So we, we're thinking that what? So Pacific Rim is March. Yeah. April. And then the problem is, we, and I think that's a smart time to drop this in April. Because if you if you wait too long, you're gonna get swallowed up. Yeah. Uh, there's just too much. Yeah. Remember when there was like one big movie coming out every year, and right. now it's like there's one big movie coming out every week. You know. Right. Yeah. There's something to be said about placing your movie at the right time, and I really right. think that's why Pacific Rim going in March is a good idea, because you got to get ahead of this. Right. Like, well, the original Pacific Rim came out in March too, yeah, if I remember right, correctly. Right. What I'm saying is, but to get ahead of the the you know the may because it used to be may it used to be like remember it was like memorial day weekend you know kind of yeah. thing and now it's like the first weekend of may and now it's going and in, dipping into april and i think rampage is a big enough movie where it can still live in that you know that mid-april release time and right. not get swallowed up where because again the, the rock alone has a big enough name i mean jumanji the welcome to the jungle Right. I, I haven't seen it yet, but all I know is everyone who's seen it said it's hysterical. They right. said it's amazing, and that's The Rock and Kevin Hart together again. Yeah. And and whether you like Central Intelligence or not, that movie made a lot of money. Like I, you know, and, and <laughs> if I can just speak, I know we're all not supposed to like Kevin Hart, but everything I see him in, he's oh, hilarious. Kevin, for those of you who enjoy Dave Chappelle, and I know some people don't like Dave Chappelle, in his new comedy special, he has a story about Kevin Hart. And I was like, oh, my God, that just sounds – and it's funny because Kevin Hart's, like, now become not just, uh, like, in movies. He's, like, the biggest comedian out there. Like, th- this little tiny guy who looks like you put him in your pocket and take him with you, right? He's become this mega star. And now when you take Kevin Hart, who has a built-in audience, with Ke- D- you know, D- Dwayne Johnson, who has a built-in audience, and not even just the wrestling fan. You're like, oh, the wrestling fan. How about the fact that he's gone from the Fast and the Furious movies? I mean, that was a Vin Diesel thing. Yeah. And now it's like, hey, it's The Rock and Vin Diesel. Like, it's become – The Rock's really part of that now. Yeah. The, the, they, in, in Hollywood, they call Rock the franchise saver. Yeah. I mean, he came in and saved G.I. Joe as much as yeah. I adored The Rise of Cobra. Yeah. The Rock came in to retaliation, and now The Rock is tied to G.I. Joe. Yeah. But see, no, not, not friggin', um, not, what's Chan- his name? Channing Tatum. Uh, Channing Tatum's like, well, I didn't feel it was a serious role. It's like, yeah, go make another Magic Mike movie, you jackass. <laughs> and so you didn't think G.I. Joe was a serious movie. Oh, yeah, put you on the map. Yeah. You know? Well, it's <laughs> so the thing, well, I, I figured him being the gimp in uh, the, um, oh, what the heck is that movie? The one with about the end of the world the comedy i forgot he he's he comes out all oh, he's the gift they pull out he's got a ball gag in his mouth didn't see that coming we're in the theater yeah. going, whoa we didn't see that coming it's channing tatum anyway yeah, it's like yeah but it's like you you were great as duke because you weren't required to act yeah it's like that it's like that's duke it's like so that's why that worked you yeah know? <laughs> so but the thing is you think about it you have kevin hart you know has that built-in audience you have the, the, the dwayne the rock johnson has that built-in audience you put them together and you know, I know people want want to believe The Rock can't act, but he can. 
They want yeah. to believe he can't do comedy, but he can. He's actually he can. really funny. Well, he can. But the thing that's also amazing about The Rock is that even the rare opportunity he gets to do something dramatic. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. I was think, I was thinking about this the other day because I was trying to think. It's like I was trying to say to myself, has there ever been a movie where I didn't think The Rock had a good performance? Do you remember the movie from early in his career called Gridiron Gang? Mm-hmm. That was it's like, man, that movie made absolutely no impact whatsoever when it was released. But he was fantastic in yeah. that. Yeah. He's and and talking about a guy who, who had. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, with, yeah. with with Johnson, he'll I mean, he'll tell you that football saved his life. Yeah. That yeah. playing football is what saved him and put him on a good path out of a bad place in, when he was in high school. Right, right. So for him to do that, he's, I mean, it's and it's it's authentic. That's the thing is that, you know, that was what a lot of people said about it. Like, oh, he's fake. It's like, no, he's actually the realest guy in the room. Yeah. You know, yeah. with apologies to Enzo Amore. Yeah. He is the realest guy because what he – that's him. Right. You know, that that's yeah. him with the volume turned up like the like the old wrestling saying is. Yeah. So. And I think, too, we, we see with, with, uh, with him is um, he's – I mean, I mean, besides, I mean, obviously he's a very good looking guy and he's in amazing shape, you know, kind of thing. And I think that's always one of the things, too. Um, when you see guys like I, I always think of like Gerard Butler, Gerard Butler got himself in amazing shape for 300 and then got real fat, and made five movies after that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like um, The Rock's always in amazing shape, but it's not like I mean, and but he looks I mean, he's huge. He's he's just a, a ginormous man. But yes. it's not like you're looking at him going, wow, he looks like Andre the Giant. Like Andre the Giant was bigger than life. The Rock. Yeah. Still looks like a human, just a really big human who's in great right. shape. And, you know, and the great part about him is, is that he he's so personable every time he's speaking to, on a on a show or whatever, whether he can go from being on Good Morning America, right, to being on like Ellen, to being on like a real political, like, I mean, not that he does political talk shows necessarily, but he could be on a real serious show and he, he he doesn't look flustered. He doesn't look out of place. He doesn't look like well, he can't handle this. Like I know everyone was joking. They're like, "Well, if The Rock runs for president," I'm like, "If The Rock runs for president, like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, a, we're I'm all voting saying, for him." I right, think because that's, everyone's you know. going to want to vote for him. Because let's face it, like, and if this is not a political thing, so you can save those emails. I'm just saying is like, yeah, because <laughs> if he says to you, "I don't like this," I'm willing to bet he doesn't like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think. That's one of the main things why he's been able to kind of transcend that. Um, one of the guys I used to work with, he's a big movie buff, and it's funny because he's actually dad's age, and mm. him and I were like buddy buddy at school because you know he's our moral compass, and you would never follow his compass anywhere. Um, uh-huh. He would, yeah, it was always the funny part. One of those guys. Yeah, he <laughs> said to me, he goes, "Wow, you know," he goes, "We don't have actors like we used to back in the day." I'm like, well, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "He goes, man, he's like, you know, you could have a guy like Cary Grant." Uh, could play any role, funny, serious. When I'm like, we got guys like that, and I'm trying, I'm trying to think like, do we? Really? And the only person we come up with at the time, Brad Pitt, kind of fit that role a little bit. And then it was we were thinking like George Clooney, right? Yeah. But George Clooney doesn't do action movies, but he kind of can fit into different parts of things, right? He, he tried to do yeah, action movies. I know it didn't work, <laughs> no. right? So that's what I'm saying. We were trying to figure who could be there. Could The Rock really be that guy? Yeah, like the voice of our generation. Could, Absolutely. Could The Rock? Could you know? Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? You know, the Putin Tang pie and the turning it sideways and all that. Could that guy be this generation's Cary Grant? You know, can can he be the guy who can do a comedy and a serious movie and an action movie? And yeah, why not? Yeah, you know, and I think that's that's crazy to me. That that to me. Well, and the the mind. other thing is that the you know the the Rock the Rock has the I was going to say he also has the the ultimate qualification now. To do anything in America, you have to be famous from something else first. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's why, again, not to be political, we're talking about nonsense like Oprah running for president because, oh, well, she's famous. She can be president now. You know, we, we, we've released that to the, yeah. on the world, you know, yeah. so. Well, but be it as it may, I tell you, this movie looks like fun. Uh, you know, I think I think it's, it's going to be one of those, again, trying to figure out if I'm going to be able to, you know, have the, the, the seven-year-old sit through the whole thing because she gets kind of antsy. Um, it'd probably be better now that she, now that, you know, cause last year she broke her leg and we're sitting in Batman and her like, my leg hurts. I'm like, yeah, you broke it, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So that's why the cast is all the way up to your hip. Um, you know, kind of thing. I think that'll be one of those things that she's definitely want to see it, but it might be one of those maybe where we go on like the Tuesday, $5 movie day to see it in the regular theater instead of seeing it in the IMAX. I think the IMAX might be too much for her, Right. you know? Um, but you know, it seems like fun. And I tell you, uh, the it's Weta Studios doing a lot of the effects, you know. So if it's Weta Studios, I know what that means, you know. Right. I, yeah. I mean, we've seen, you know, people like, well, we'll just do it somewhere here in America, and like, and we get like, you know, Sharknado, which again, I love Sharknado, but you know, you can't compare the effects in Sharknado to the effects in uh, King Kong, you know, or the effects in, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings or any of that stuff. Right. So, um, but you know, we'll see because I think this will be a lot of fun. I mean, I think. Uh, you know, it'll it'll be a nice kickoff like into the you know the May and uh, you know into June and all the the ultra blockbusters that are coming our way. You know, yeah. because you know, God forbid we don't have ultra blockbusters, you know, coming. <laughs> so well, hey. But and uh, speaking of ultra blockbusters, because this next one, I guarantee you, um, people are going to be like, yeah, it's going to be like that. The next one we're going to talk about is Jurassic World Two: Fallen Kingdom, and we'll get to it right after this. So, uh, what are you dating like an accountant now? Or Owen. Ventriloquist? Stop it. You love a dummy. This is not why we're here. You can blame me. Try to shame me. I know why we're here. A rescue op. Save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? Blue is alive. You raised her. (laughs) Do these animals deserve the same protections given to other species? Or should they just be left to die? These creatures were here before us. And if we're not careful... They're going to be here after. You know me. cannot be contained. Life breaks free. Life finds a way.
Did you just enjoy that trailer? Well, be sure to visit the Fandango Fan Shop to get all your awesome movie merch. This is gonna be awesome. You know, what, what's interesting is that Jurassic Park, the original Jurassic Park, was a film about, uh, uh, as humans, our relationship with the animal kingdom and what our role is. That's what the book is about. I mean, Crichton writes, you know, popular stuff, but that's that was what the book is about. That's what the movie's about. And then the sequels to Jurassic Park got it kind of got away from that a bit. And I thought Jurassic World did a good job of kind of reestablishing some of that mm-hmm. because of the idea of. Uh, Chris Pratt's character, Owen, he was training the raptors, you mm-hmm. know, much like you might train a uh, any other type of uh, uh, an animal that could be in a in a zoological preserve or that kind of thing. And we saw like the you know, they, they had the, the petting zoo area with the little the baby dinosaurs mm-hmm. and the little kids and stuff. So it was, again, about our relationship with the animal kingdom and how we can commercialize that, you know, mm-hmm. you slapped it on a plastic lunchbox and, you know, but, uh, <laughs> so, so I'm interested to see where this is because to be completely frank, my first impression upon seeing this trailer is that cannot be the whole story. There has got to be more going oh, on yeah, clearly. than Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are going to go onto this Island and evacuate a bunch of dinosaurs because they, that can't be two hours. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it really um, can't. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, uh, you know, the, the whole point, Claire supposedly now runs, what's called the dinosaur protection group. She did an interview with EW and she had said, uh, she had let that slip that she's now the head of running this group and they're going to go back to save the dinosaurs. So we see the volcano erupt right in the trailer. We see that that's gotta be within the first half hour of this movie. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's gotta gotta be, be. it can't can't be in the last reel. Yeah. Right. You know, it kind of thing. Um, it, It just cannot be, you know, it, it cannot possibly be happening, right? You know, this this can't be how we're going to end this thing. This thing's going to have to be, you know, we're doing something beyond, you know, just that. Because there's no way that you're going to have um, the end of, you know, that this thing be like, well, there's the dinosaurs going down. Now, when we see the volcano erupt, because they show that early in the trailer, too, um, after they've had their little discussion. And then, like, he makes his jokes about her, you know, le- always liking a dummy and whatever. Right. Um, they're running. And that scene is it reminds me a lot of the scene we see in uh, the original Jurassic Park where they're running, you right. know, and you know, and and they hide behind a stump, and they're, and they're, and, they're, and they're, you know all the the whatever those the, the Gallimimus. Gallimimus, thank you. They go yeah. and them by. Now here they go behind the the, the lock, and it actually is one of the, the pods that they wind up getting into. When they're in the pod, um, it's it's a, a Carnotaurus. The Carnotaurus, yeah, right, it's it's right there. We haven't seen one of those yet. It's never been in any of the movies. And right. then, of course, the T-Rex kills it um, because that's well, we, well, we you know, I mean, it, you know. <laughs> well, of, of, of course, Rexy kills it, because as 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 an and as some moron writing on Polygon wrote a couple of weeks ago, is the T-Rex really the hero of all the Jurassic Park movies? Like, have you seen them? Yeah, <laughs> of course, she's the frigging hero of the Jurassic Park <laughs> right, movies. Right. Who is it? Dr. Grant? Yeah. No. <laughs> Dr. It, Malcolm? No. Is it the I mean, Ellie guy? Sandler, <laughs> as you, Ellie Sadler at least calls the calls the army to show up at the end of Jurassic Park 3, which is fantastic. <laughs> no, Rex, of course, Rexy's the hero. I mean, she takes down the Irex for crying out loud, along yeah. with the Mosasaurus in blue. Yeah. So, of well, course, she's the, the yeah. hero. I mean, right, I'd right. watch a movie just of her stalking around the island. Right. Well, I'm but, just saying, uh, it's, it's just funny because, you know, you finally see a dinosaur there. I mean, there's an Allosaurus you can clearly see. 
there's a Brachdox, which is attacking them near the end. Like, there's dinosaurs we've never seen. I mean, right. there's, there's Brachiosauruses in a scene. We haven't seen them since one See, scene oh. in, in one movie, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So well, they, you know that, but you know, but that they they do talk about that because in in Jurassic World, uh, Claire, that's Bryce yeah, Dallas Howard. You know, yeah. you see all the different types of species that mm-hmm. they've developed and how they mix them all together to make the Irex. The thing that to me is interesting is that I haven't seen any attachment of Vincent D'Onofrio to this film. No. And D'Onofrio, if you remember in Jurassic World, he was the head of security, and he kept talking about he wanted to use the Raptors in a military application, and that has been kicked around as a story idea for a Jurassic Park sequel since the since the late 90s. Well, I think the it idea of, isn't he uh, killed at the end? I don't remember if he yeah, dies or not. I, I'm pretty but, he dies, but the, what's his name? The guy BD Wong's character. BD Wong is there, yeah. He escapes with them. And that's one of the things that was the question that I've I've seen a lot of people approaching. Well, are they going to have cuz there's clearly some kind of um like big game hunter, mercenary, military kind of involvement here going to the island because you can see that in the trailer. But they oh, never. That's, yeah, that, you're, you're right. I'm, I'm checking Wikipedia. Yes. Yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio is killed. Yeah. But yeah, it, it seems to me like they've got to follow up on that storyline. Right. Otherwise, why, otherwise, why plant the seeds for it? See, so I'm wondering because the thing is this clearly, we're going to get that eruption within the first 35 to 40, uh, 30 to 45 minutes of this movie because they, they have scenes of them taking dinosaurs away. And then we see the scene uh, where the, where the, uh, the Baryox is attacking them in what appears to be a factory or a foundry or something. There's a lot of sparks and fire, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's probably going to happen somewhere in the really real world. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not right. going to happen on the island necessarily. And we get the scene of um, it, it's, it's the other partner's uh, estate. And I'm assuming some dinosaurs are going to get loose in there and tear that whole place apart. You know what I'm saying? So there's got to be something. So what I, again, knowing full well that there's a Jurassic World 3 coming, because we already know we have a Jurassic World 3 coming. They've already announced that it's going to happen. I'm wondering if we're going to get like a cutaway scene and there's BD Wong, you know, with, and he has all those hybrid dinosaur eggs and embryos and everything he's got. And it's going to be like, you know, Okay, well, we're going to have to like start doing this, but we're going to have to keep it quiet because of all that t- tension we're getting, and that that leads into Jurassic World three, you know, where right. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily the, what's going to happen, but I could see that happening because the whole time throughout the Jurassic World we have this kind of happening and happening and happening, yet we're still telling the story about the kids and oh my god, they got to get away, they hop in a car, and, you know, and they, the Indominus Rex can hide and she can move and. You know, why would you build the ultimate killing machine like that? Made no uh, I, I will I will tell my Jurassic World viewing story <laughs> when my wife and I went to go see it. When they cut to the scene and they show everybody is paddling down the river. Yeah. Watching all the long necks eating on the uh, on the banks of the river. Right. She elbows me and says, this is what the park should be. Yeah. <laughs> don't make don't make dinosaurs that will eat people. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? But think about that. Like and people are like, well. Uh, it's impressive to see that dinosaur, but I want to see another dinosaur, like a dinosaur. Right. Well, but, but you know, but you know what, again, to, to give, because Jurassic world, the original gets dumped on a bit and for just being kind of a stupid spectacle. And I thought it was smarter than that. There, there is a line that again, that Bryce Dallas Howard says in that, that people treat it like a big cow and that they, they have to treat it, that they treat it like a theme park, which is part of the stuff I was saying about that. it, It addresses how we interact with the animal kingdom. You know, uh, uh, Dr. Wu 
says that I believe, you know, it's like if we made these real, they would look quite different. I believe your directive was make it look cool. Right, right, right. You know, right. so this I, you know, so that that to me was to what was always just a shot to all the, uh, you know, the, the paleontologists that want their 15 minutes of fame. And in my mind, they all look like Ross Geller from Friends. Yeah, well, now, they, these dinosaurs are inaccurate. It's like they've told you that from the beginning. You just don't want to listen because you want to go talk to HuffPo or whomever and get your name on the Internet well, for a, a news cycle. You know, the thing is, though, and, and just not to cut you off, but real quick, because um, Dennis Mirren talks about this. Um, he talked he, uh, during the and uh, Ray Harryhausen, the Titan of Special Effects. It's, it's the Ray Harryhausen documentary that is outstanding. Um, he said, well, let's face it. He goes, every dinosaur in any movie ever is just a Ray Harryhausen dinosaur. That's what he that's what he made them look like. That's what we make dinosaurs look like. Right. And it's so true because that's what Steven Spielberg said. He goes, oh, Mr. You know, Ray Harry, I because he brought Harryhausen onto the set of Jurassic Park. And right. Harryhausen was astounded by the level of what they did. He goes, he was, Harryhausen said, he goes, this is amazing. He goes, I would much rather animate with my hands than with pushing a button. But it's amazing what they're doing. And Spielberg has said, this is an homage to you. This is what yeah. you showed us to do. Harryhausen with his stop motion, the way he made dinosaurs move. It took years for us to have, you know, Allosaurus stop wagging its tail because right. it can't wag its tail. So now we know it's supposed to be up in the air. But, man, how long did dinosaurs drag their tails behind them? Right? You know, how right. long? Like we, we, So it's gotten a little better. But it's still, this is, we're not trying to make the, the most, we're not making a documentary about dinosaurs. We're making a movie about dinosaurs on an island. You right. know, kind of thing. So, I think that's one of the things too, when 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 Hollywood makes their dinosaur stuff happen and make their creatures and their monsters, they they definitely are paying homage to what came before. And you have to make it something that people recognize. If you took the T Rex and you changed her all around and made the this and that, changed her color, people are like she looks wrong. Like right. that's not what a T Rex looks like. Why? Because in your head you know what a T Rex looks like. You know you have a picture. You've never seen one, but you got right. a picture in your head, you know, and you've seen it on a screen and you've seen the bones in the museum. Okay. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things that doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent accurate to what it looked like, but it's cause it's, it's what it's gotta make it look good. You know, it's gotta be an, it's an attraction, you know, uh, that's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's what we call, you know, kind of sanding off the rough edges. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Yeah. Well, in, in in the engineering world, we call that uh, um, uh, cut to match, or cut to fit, and paint to match. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know? so, yeah. Uh, so. Just just real quick, I don't yeah. know if this is going to happen, but I certainly hope it is. Many will remember that on the original Jurassic Park, um, special effects man uh, legend Phil Tippett mm -hmm. was credited as dinosaur supervisor. And there has been a long running internet meme that said you had one job, Phil. Who had one job. <laughs> well, and, it's funny. It's Phil Tippett also on, in that same special talking about that stuff. Well, right. But, but it, you know, obviously, it, dinosaur supervisor can be misdrewed in yes, different ways, yes, right? Yes, yes, So on Jurassic <laughs> World, Phil Tippett was credited as dinosaur consultant. And he blamed the fans for saying, well, for showing how little responsibility I had on the first film, I got demoted. So yeah. I'm hoping that Phil Tippett will be credited in some dinosaur oversight capacity. 
you know, so, you know what's really funny is I, I I credited Dennis Murin with all that stuff. Dennis Murin said some of that, but a lot of it probably was Phil Tippett. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Yeah, Phil Tippett. Phil Tippett. If if you've never seen what Mr. Tippett looks like, um, an elderly gentleman, white beard. When I met him a few years ago, um, he walked in and it looked like someone's grandpa got lost at the show. Yeah. And I said, Dad, I go, look what that is. And he goes, holy cow, it's Phil Tippett. And we're like five people knew it was him until he got yeah. to the table and took his hat off and his coat. And, you know, and we're like, oh, it is Phil Tippett. Like it was like, <laughs> holy cow. Like, I mean, we met Steve Wang and we've met, you know, George Shell. We're meeting like, you know, TC Love. And we're meeting like Sandy Kalar. You know, these are guys like I want to meet. Yeah. Phil Tippett walks in. He walks past everybody. Just right. kind of shuffling over to his table. Uh, Phil know, Tippett, of, to me, looks like you expect a Hollywood effects guy to look. Yes. Basically. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but I'm saying is, but he he's just so not like Randy Bowen's there. He has an entourage and like, you know, people like like he had brought his own paparazzi. And, well, he didn't really. But I'm seeing what I'm saying. But everyone's like, but, <gasps> Randy Bowen. It's like, OK, it's Randy Bowen. Like Johnny right? Nitro. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like <laughs> Johnny Mundo. I mean, Nitro. I mean, Johnny Impact. I Johnny mean, Lucha. Johnny <laughs> Impact. <laughs> um, you know, but it's so funny. But it's Phil Tippett. Well, so like I said, uh, and, you know, and Phil Tippett like, also. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. what's, what's funny? Other funny thing about Tippett and Jurassic Park is that he's credited with the great exchange that got put into the movie hmm. when ILM brought Spielberg over when they were doing their first yeah. their their uh, their pre production work, and Tippett took them through like what they had for. I don't know if it was the, the full-scale stuff, so I don't know if it was the T-Rex or the Triceratops or whatever, but the full-scale stuff. And then they went over to the, the uh, CGI side, and he, he started showing them off. I think it was the Brachiosauruses. Sure. And, uh, and, uh, and, and um, Spielberg looks at Tippett and says, looks like you're out of a job. And Tippett says, don't you mean extinct? <laughs> and that's, of course, the line that, that's, that's Dr. Grant and Dr. Malcolm. Right, yeah. And I think I put it because that struck Spielberg as so great that he had to put it in there. So yeah. that has absolutely nothing to do with Jurassic World, but it's a well, great no, story. But I so. think it, it makes sense. And you think about it too, is we've seen like I mean, to me, the, the one thing the dinosaurs look amazing. Like, I mean, every one of these movies, even Jurassic even Jurassic Park three, which is gotta be the weakest of all these things. Yeah. Um, it looks amazing. Like everything yeah. looks so good. And I think that's it's it's why I find sometimes it disheartening when I see bad CG in multi hundreds of million dollar movies. And you're yeah. like, really? Like, that's what you went with? Like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess we can we, we can you know kind of go to like an older thing. I get this way. The Scorpion King. In the Mummy Returns, Mummy Returns, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so ugh. and then we got the Scorpion King with the Rock, which was really good. And it's well, like, wow, that, well, that, you know. well, that's the thing, you know that that was the Rock's. Now we're now we're back on Rampage. Yeah, that was the Rock's <laughs> first movie, right? And yeah. and if the Rock makes that later in his career, they don't have a big C. Yeah, you know, Stephen Summers doesn't have a big CG monster. He has the Rock come out wearing no shirt. Yeah, and you know, and and golden and, and golden uh, a golden loincloth and, and yeah, armor on his arms yeah. or something. Right, and exactly. and then and then it's you know uh, it's uh, it's the three of them all fighting. Right, and you want to know what's funny is all three of them also are in the GI Joe franchise. They are, yes. <laughs> so because Arnold Vuzlu is Zartan. Yeah. And um, um, Brandon Fraser. Brandon Fraser is Sergeant Stone. He has yes. a small appearance Very in the small. first film. Yeah. But and of uh, course, the Rock is Roadblock. Yeah. 
But I'm just saying is it's funny if you think about it, like we've seen what that CGI was, and that's you know obviously the 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 the, the Mummy Returns came after the Mummy, and the Mummy has right. really good effects. Well, the in thing it. is that the rest yeah. of the effects in the They're Mummy great. Returns are okay. Yes, yeah. yeah, so. and, I, and I think that's part of the problem. When you see bad CG, you know it's bad CG. I, I don't yeah. mean like you're watching like a sci-fi you know channel original. And I don't mean one of those like dog soldiers, which is not really their movie. They just, you know, kind of, yes. you know, whatever. But I mean, one of the ones like when you see something, you're like, oh, boy, like sh- like avalanche sharks or um, sand sharks or whatever. And you're like, or ghost shark. What was that? Then they did. They didn't. Alice Cooper made a movie for them called Bigfoot. Yeah. Right. Alice Cooper and Danny, not uh, Danny Bonaducci. Yes, and yes. Uh, what's his name from the Brady Bunch? We're all in it. Yeah. Uh, what's his? Not. not uh, I want. I want. I'm not. I'm not too proud to admit I watched that because Alice Cooper was in it. Well, so. you know. What I'm saying is that you see that and you're like, okay, that movie wasn't made for that much money. You understand why the effects look like that. But then when you see movies, you know, where you're like, wow, that's what Thanos looks like. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I mean, people. I really hope they fix him up. That's I hope I so say. too. But I'm saying is, but people are like, oh man, he looks so great, and I'm like, wait, wait, are, are you guys seeing the same thing I'm seeing? Like, right. Are, <laughs> yeah, well, like, no. Well, you know, they're, they're programmed. They, they see that Marvel thing, well, and their brains oh, no, shut no, down. No, I understand. And these are the same people that you know, you know, kick themselves uh, silly bashing Steppenwolf. It's like Steppenwolf looks a lot better than Thanos yes, right now. But that's the thing was when, when I saw Steppenwolf, and I was like, oh man, he doesn't look wonderful. Like because I didn't understand why he couldn't be a real actor and whatever. But I'm like, okay, like it's 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 accepted. I mean, you can watch it. You're like, okay, I get it. And it was like. And it, and it didn't – when I first saw him, I'm like, God, this is going to be distracting. And it didn't become distracting, which was good, right? But then I thought Thanos, and I'm like, yeah, that's Josh Brolin. Like, why don't you just yeah. have him be there? Like, you know, like I'm not just saying – give him gotta, a big chin. Yeah. I mean, it's like it looks bad, you know, kind well, of thing. And on, uh, well, so, the thing is, is on, you know, is that you can – the unfortunately for me, and we're getting a little far afield yeah, here, of course. Well, is that <laughs> I, I just read, like two weeks ago, just read The Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. because I got it for like 80 cents. No, actually I got it for free off of Amazon because oh, okay. I, they had a, they had a Marvel sale yeah, yeah. and I bought new mutant, the Marvel graphic novel, the new mutants and God loves man kills for 80 cents a piece. Yeah. And after buying that, Amazon sent me a coupon. I was like, yes. Oh, get a free Marvel graphic novel. And so I got the infinity gauntlet. I'm like, why the hell not? It's the yeah. infinity gauntlet. It's awesome. So I just read it and it's like, I can't picture that Thanos doing any of the stuff Thanos does in that story. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. He, he looks like he looks looks like a dope. Yeah. I'm sorry, not yeah. not and and Thanos is not like he he goes through a whole range of emotions in that story, right. you know, and he doesn't look. I just hope they're not finished. That's all I got to well, say. But I'm saying if you think about it, and again, hopefully it gets better. But I'm saying is so you see that, and that's what you roll out in this debut trailer. You're trying to get. I mean, because they could do whatever they want in the trailer, and you know that movie's going to make insane amounts of money. Because right. it's just going to make insane amounts of money. But yet, they roll out a Jurassic World trailer. Everything looks finished. Everything looks yeah. polished. Everything looks like... But that's what I'm saying. It's it's the, it's the sometimes the, well, we're going to make the money anyway, and we'll just fix it late. Like, why? Why would you roll it out if it wasn't... Even if you hadn't fixed the whole movie, why didn't you fix that part? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to put your best foot forward. And I think the one thing we can always say about the, and whether you like Jurassic World, didn't like, I like Jurassic World. We watched yep. it the other day with the girls. Haley loved it. When the Mosasaurus jumps out, she goes, oh, yeah. what? What? That's awesome. And I'm like, Haley, that's, it's all done with CG. She goes, I don't care. That's cool. Like, yeah. you know, and she has never seen, she's seen a little bit of Jurassic Park, but she's never seen Jurassic, she's never seen Lost World. She's definitely never seen uh, JP3. 
the um, you know the whole thing is they always put their best foot forward. They always put the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs never look fake. They never look whatever. Story is one thing. The you know, choice of actors another. You know the logical you know ending of a story is fine. Whatever it might be, that's not the, the, them doing their special effects. And this and that's ILM going out there and saying, okay, let's do this. And there's right. a reason why ILM, you know, is the bar in America, you know, kind of thing. Like, I'm sorry, right. you know, K and B, but we're not talking physical effects. ILM digital effects kind of set the bar and everyone's been kind of doing whatever, you know, the same way that if you want to do something, you know, with physical effects or whatever, I mean, you go get the right guys, you spend the money to do it. And I'm not saying that Disney or Marvel cheaped out. What I'm saying is you spent a ton of money, just put, put something a little better out there so you always look good. You don't want to ever look bad. You don't right. want to ever, you know, get anyone a chance to maybe take a, you know, like, oh, let's take a shot at how bad it looks. Because it's just not, it's not what you want to do. But, uh, and again, I don't want to be too far afield into that stuff. But you know what I'm saying, this Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom looks like it should be a lot of fun. Uh, June 22nd, it comes out, so it's it's definitely in the, mid, in the midst. It's right, as we would say, it's after, it's right when the kids are getting out of school. Right. That's when Jurassic Park should be coming out, because you remember when we went and saw Jurassic Park? I want to yeah. say it was like our last day of school. Dad picked us up. Right. We went yeah, to the something movies. like that. At yeah. the JV Mall. JV right? Mall. Right. Yeah. Let's go real local. Uh, you know, kind of thing. And I think didn't didn't he pick up? Oh, he picked us up in the Previa um, because that's the what dad was. Because it was, was 1993. Yeah. Right. And we or, yeah. Yeah. It was it was the summer because I was just yeah. graduating eighth grade. And we went to the mall and we saw, and was like, this is great. And we sat in an empty theater because people were still, it was like the last day of school. Dad picked us up. So people were still at work. Kids were still getting out of school. And it was like, this is awesome. And that's to me when Jurassic Park should be coming out. You know, early summer, it's, it's, it's not, it's not one of those July 4ths, you know, we're going to, it's got to come out. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be, now this will be PG 13. So right. it's not like it's carrying some hard R rating or whatever. I mean, I think all the movies we talk about, you know, in this episode, they're all going to be PG-13. Um, and it, it should be one of those movies that, like, you know, there's going to be some parts that are probably going to be, like, okay, like, not terrifying, but like, wow, okay, that's intense for maybe a younger viewer. But there won't be any language. There won't be any right. nudity. There won't be any of that stuff. So if you have a kid who's into dinosaurs, and let's be honest, a lot of kids are still into dinosaurs. And I know it's very hard to get kids to look away from screens nowadays because God forbid right. not a screen. But I, st I know a lot of kids who are into dinosaurs and love dinosaurs. And not just right. my girl who loves dinosaurs. I mean, your boys enjoy monsters and dinosaurs, too, and, oh, you know, yeah. and, you know, whatever. And I'm just saying, but I know kids who are that's they're into. They're into dinosaurs. They're into maybe telling you about dinosaurs or maybe whatever. But this is a good way to kind of show them, hey, this because they're never going to see a real dinosaur in real life. Well, yeah. this is as close as you're going to get, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So but um, the one thing I wanted to throw out there, I made a note here. Um, it says bring dinosaurs back. Did not go so well last time. No, that's what's the note I wrote. I was like, "Well, yeah, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, that that's that you know that that's something. It's like you guys keep doing this. Yes, you keep doing this. It's like, okay, I mean, you know what? I'll, I'll excuse Jurassic Park three because that was just the island from from Lost World. But it's like, guys, guys, they're dinosaurs. Yeah. Or as Steven Spielberg says, they're dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, they're gonna get loose. It's what they do. You know, you need yeah. to like bring Jerry Seinfeld into the movie. Yeah. I mean, the, the Lost World has the the great part where it's like, you know, it knocks over the '76 ball and it like it's going, it's walking through the city, and it's that's such a that's such an homage to the original Lost World, 
you know, yeah. from, from back in the day. Um, but it's just, it's like, this is not going to end well. Like, no, it's just nothing, a colossal bad idea right. piled on top of colossally bad idea. Right. But I'm saying is like, it didn't end well the first time they opened Jurassic Park. The first one didn't yeah. end well. Well, we got to go back. We got to get, so the second time you're there, it didn't end well. Then they had to go back to the island to get the kid, right? Or whatever, yeah. you know, in three. It's, it still doesn't end well. Well, once no. they, <laughs> once well, you, you know, reopen, it's, it's, you reopen Jurassic World now, it didn't end well. Just, just nuke it from outer space. It's the only yes, way you're sure, sure way, for real. Nuke, <laughs> it's the only way to be sure. It's, it's, well, no, it's, it's like with the Death Star. It's like to yeah. lose one Death Star could happen to anyone, but two, you know, <laughs> that's, now it's a pattern, okay? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, nothing is safe when you when B, when the triple B and the EDD come together. Nothing is well, safe. Well, you know, it's Marvel, it's like you know, I, Star Wars. No one's safe. <laughs> go go! Don't get me started on Harry Potter. I can't watch those movies anymore. It's like uh, I, I really start thinking critically about them. I was like, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> that doesn't work. It's okay because I, I I always feel like Harry be like you know the the third one is like oh no I can't sign your permission slip because it has to be signed by a parent it's like oh you mean the parents that got killed by the guy that you guys trained and let loose on the world those parents the guy that I had to stop me a pre teenage kid two years in a row that guy, those parents <laughs> right right it's like go cram it full of walnuts McGonagall I mean this I understand their English but you know it's like you know why they're you know why, they're, why I think the JK Rowling making a, a magical school in the US makes no sense the parents in the US would shut it down oh god yeah no, they would shut this down so fast your 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 Akio whatever would spin I mean I'm yeah. sorry yeah well it's funny I don't think I've ever seen all of them I've seen. I saw the first one. I took Ke- uh, Kelly after her. The surgery. first two are great because Chris yeah. Columbus actually has a sense of wonder about it. Yeah, I'm and then the rest of them they they get they get their head so far up their own rear end with this story. It's like if I haven't read the book, I don't know what the heck's yeah. going on. Yeah. Well, I'm saying is Kelly was watching. And I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. I I barely even remember who the guys are. I'm like, uh, like I know the actors. Like I know how I like you know, people are. I'm not stupid. What I'm saying is like. I don't, is he a good guy? Cause they all look the same. They all kind of look wormy and have bad teeth. Well, they and, are, you know, kinda, they are, you know. Well, that's like Grima Wormtongue worm tongue in Lord of the Rings. It's like, look at this guy. Look at this guy. This is the guy you trust. His name is Grima worm tongue. And he looks, and he's played by Matt Frewer and Matt Frewer looks fantastic, but come on. <laughs> I love Matt Frewer. Don't get me wrong. He he plays a wormy guy with the best of them. Oh, my God. Matt yeah. Frewer also plays one of my favorite roles from Disney ever. He plays Panic. Oh, yes, he does. And oh. and Bobcat Goldweight is Pain, Pain from Hercules. Oh, God. Hercules. Okay. So I know we're really far afield here, but, folks, you would appreciate this. If you like real animation, like, I mean, I'm not, not, not saying computer-generated stuff is whatever. But Haley had Sell, never seen. Yeah. Haley had never seen Tarzan. We caught Tarzan tonight, like we were just yeah. watching. We caught the end of it, and I'm like, Haley, this is real animation. Like someone actually drew this on paper and or what on a cell and whatever. And it's amazing when you look at old animation. You're like, wow, look how good this looks. Not that the other st- the new stuff doesn't look good, but it looks too sleek and smooth. Right. right? Man, we watched Hercules, and I mean, I love Hercules. I mean, Hercules. Yeah. I cry during Hercules. I am. I laugh. I know that I I can do the entire movie. I. It was. It might be my favorite movie, my favorite Disney movie, period, of all time. Um, you know, kind of thing. There were, uh, you know, there were other ones before, like, oh, it was my favorite movie. That's probably my favorite one of all time. 
but when you look at it, everything is so like it's just drawn and whatever. And yet, what happens is it pays homage to Harryhausen right. in the Hydra. It, it pays homage to all the things that came before it without you know being completely you know over the top. And it's like, oh, just that like the way things used to look. I mean, I remember when Hercules came out. And I saw it in the theater with my girlfriend, who is not was you know different different than my wife now, um, you know, which is fine. Uh, and I'm like, oh my god, this was so good! Like it's just so good, you know. And I think that's one of the things that. Oh, and, and remember, we saw that. Remember that was one that we saw early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember, we yeah. saw it with all the vacation club members, and we go there, and it's mom, dad, you, and me, and then everybody else. It's all parents with little kids. Oh, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Well, I'm saying, but we, I saw it also like in the theaters right, later. Yeah. I'm saying, but like you're watching this, going, wow, this is so good. Like it's something to be said, and I know people are like, well, Jay, we, you know, you and your stop motion. When someone is doing stop motion animation, you know, it's their performance done through the the you know the stop motion animation. Uh, armature and everything else when someone is drawing animation for real pen paper like physically not on a computer there's something just different about it it has a different feel to it i understand it looks different but like it just has a different feel and there's nothing wrong with the pixar stuff because the pixar stuff rips your heart out because they tell great stories and cars 3 oh cars is not great cars 3 is awesome Cars 3 is freaking funny and, and, you know, whatever. Like we watched the other day, you know, well, like it's just, it's just, it's a good movie and it's, and it well, made a ton of money and everything. Oh else. yeah. Well, and, I can tell you that Coco is an emotional weapon of mass destruction. Yes. That's all oh, I have to say about that. that. I have heard that Coco is that. And, and uh, thankfully the girls went and saw Ferdinand starring John Cena. Um, yeah. and Haley said, Oh, it's so funny. And Kelly's like, it has some sadder parts. And I'm like, yeah, but Coco, I heard like, just, just tried to rip your heart out and stomp on it the entire time because, that's what Pixar does. And again, yeah. they just basically, they make a movie and it's just basically a blank check and fill it in with as many zeros as you want to fill it in with, um, right. because that's what they're going to do. But you know, it's something to be said about the old school way of doing things. And I think what we see with a movie, like when we watched Jurassic park, and we're talking about Phil Tippett, you know, and you know, Spielberg, the original, like the real full size dinosaurs or whatever. When you watch that, there's not like, Oh my God, this looks completely different than the stuff we're getting in Jurassic world. And now Jurassic world two and stuff. It's the evolution of what's there, and it still looks good. It looks real, and put your best foot forward. And I think one of the main things, if you can put your best foot forward, people are gonna people are gonna come back. They're gonna they're gonna see yeah. it. And they're gonna come back. And I don't mean we're gonna see the same movie over and over again because it happens. But people are gonna come back when 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 uh, Jurassic World three opens in whatever many years, right? They're gonna come back to it because it's a it's a property that like well I I did like the first two. You know, or they, you know, they gave me it. It did what it said on the marquee. Does what it said on the box. Yeah, that's right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I tell you, these these three movies, uh, you know, for for the 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 big the big monster kind of mashups, you know, kind of things, uh, you know, um, from Pacific Rim to Uprising to Rampage to Jurassic World to Fallen Kingdom, this is going to be at least you know a couple months of some nice big giant monster movies coming out. Um, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And, and there's, there's more, I mean, obviously we know there's stuff that's going to come after it and there's, you know, stuff kind of come out of, uh, you know, Japan and things like that. And, and maybe it's not all, you know, live action, maybe it's animated or maybe it's whatever, but there's definitely, uh, some good stuff to see here. And I, I hope that they live up to, you know, what we expect them to. And I mean, I think we, I think we, we're seeing, I think we're seeing movies that are like, we, we don't have to be 
the Academy Award winning, you know, best drama. We right. need to be the movie that puts butts every 15 inches and sells a bunch of popcorn and yeah. does that stuff. Yeah. You know, it was uh, Robert Downey Jr. said this many years ago on like the Spike TV Awards, which no longer exists because Spike doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, he said a lot of people, he goes, a lot of people want to make movies to win awards. My movies make a lot of money. Yeah. And it's true. Yep. And, and that was before Civil War and any of that other stuff. That was just when Iron Man and stuff. Like, my movies make a lot of money. So who had the better movie? The movie right. that no one saw it and won an award? Or the movie that made, you know, almost a billion dollars. And it's like, and it's kind of that Robert Downey Jr. kind of like, you know, the way, it's the way he is. I don't know if yeah, that's what he is in real life, but it's the way he that's is. That's his you know? smarmy persona, yeah, yeah. Right? But it's like, that's true. There are movies that are designed to make money. And there are movies designed to win awards. And it's right. nice when those movies can cross over. But let's be honest, those movies don't always cross over. Not often. Yeah, I mean, right. the, the, you know, the, 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 the blockbusters subsidized all the rest of the films that the studio is releasing that year. Sure. You know, for every, um, you know, for, for every movie that is going to, you know, uh, play in a, in a few theaters in December so it can get in there for Oscar time, there's, there's going to be a blockbuster that's going to pay for it. And that's, sure. that's just the business. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think we've seen, especially now in the era of the superhero movie, this kind of destigmatization of the genre film mm-hmm. in that genre films were always profitable. Mm-hmm. Genre movies make money. I always feel, I always feel like Road Warrior Animal. We made money. You know, <laughs> we went to Japan and we made money. Yeah. But, um, but now, now with the superhero films, this idea of, you know, being a, 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 a tentpole movie for the purpose of being a tentpole movie, like I said, it's been destigmatized because Marvel has done such a good job of monetizing that and bringing so many so many viewers into the fold that now it's like, oh, it's a movie based on a video game. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's like I just I just raved for 20 minutes online about this movie based on a comic book. Why am I going to look down my nose at a movie based on a video game? Right. Or or a toy or a toy franchise mm-hmm. or a sequel to a, a sequel to a reboot of a movie from 20 years ago mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. So it's uh, it, there, th- this idea that genre is not real cinema that's been around for as long as genre has been around is gone at this point because now you cannot deny that the genre movies are the kings mm-hmm. of the box office. Mm-hmm. You can't deny it. I mean, you can try, but it doesn't work. Yeah. And it's like you you watch the uh, the the awards come out every season. We just had the Golden Globes. We are, we're going to have the Academy Awards shortly. It's like, what what movies are these? Yeah, what movies? Like and the movies I remember last year were like you know it's like Transformers Five and Power Rangers and uh, Jurassic World. What well, Jurassic World was two years ago and Kong Skull Island, Kong Skull Island and Justice League. League and yeah. yeah, exactly. And the other or, thing or Guardians Two or Thor Three or whatever. Those sure. are the movies that yeah. people care about. Yeah, not these movies that play to a, a a siloed audience at some theater out in California that you know ninety nine point forty four percent of the uh, population doesn't give two craps about. Yeah. And the thing is, too, and I think I think we got spoiled a little bit um, when Gladiator won the best picture. And it clearly to me was the best picture that year. Oh, Gladiator yeah. was the best movies of all time. Um, Gladiator, you know, because it's Ridley Scott. Like it was like it wasn't just like Joe Blow making a movie. It was Ridley Scott making a movie. Right. He knew what he was yeah. doing. And Russell Crowe you know, became Russell Crowe because of that movie. And, and, there, and there's just good performances upon good performances. And Oliver Reed is great. And the, the, the movie looks like it looks like it's, you know, real. Yeah. And I think we got kind of like, oh, wow, look, that was a really good movie. It made a lot of money. It was on the top grocers of the year. And it yeah. won Best Picture. 
And then you're like, oh, maybe maybe there's another one. And then like they was um, a beautiful mind, which didn't make as much money. And again, a Russell Crowe movie. It's a great movie, but it wasn't a blockbuster. People were like, okay, but that's a really good movie though. And it's like, yeah, but it's not the same. You know what right. I'm saying? Like the Outsider did the same thing, and like they tried to get like the movies weren't Gladiator again. And then yeah. I don't think we saw that again. And it was and it's recent. Um, we saw that with uh, Inglorious Bastards, which uh, you know didn't win Best Picture. But it got, you know, Tarantino, a lot of, you know, and, and Glorious Bastards is insane. That movie made a ton yeah. of money. But that movie is great. But to be honest, it's Mad Max well, the, Road. Mad, well, Mad, Mad, you know. Mad Max, but then the other one was, you know, the one that actually won the awards was Return of the King. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yeah, yes, but I mean, because yes, yes. Return of the King, I mean, I think that, I mean, uh, you can, you can, I have heard every argument you can for each of the three films at a fellowship to which one is the best. Yeah, sure. I have heard that, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, fellowship of the ring because it's a team coming together and it's this epic adventure and all this. I've heard the two towers because it's so downbeat and the ending and all that. And then I've heard return of the king because it's this conclusion and it brings everything to this crescendo. I'm okay with all of that. It was clear that return of the king won as the lifetime achievement award for yes. all three films yes, because yes. they knew as P as as PVP as player versus player comic told us that if they didn't give it to it they were going to be the great nerd riots of twenty of two thousand four yeah because well, they were yeah. going to be taken to the street in their LARP armor saying don't make me roll for initiative you know right well, <laughs> yeah but, and I understand what you're saying right but I'm saying but like I think uh, you know when you look at I mean but that's also considering the Return of the King to me. Two Towers is the best one. Two Towers is yeah. an amazing film. Yeah, but I'm saying just, I love just Two the Towers. Performances, yeah. Um, but at the I'm same saying, time, a fellowship is gets you right here. Yeah. You know? Oh no, <laughs> and I understand that, and I'm saying, and each one of them has their own merits and has their has, has their story to tell. But I think it's the to me, it's the Empire Strikes Back kind of thing. Right. Like yeah. you know, it's the middle one. It's the one that hits you like, oh, okay. It's it's exactly like the the Batman movies, the the Nolan Batman movies. You know, uh, you know. Batman Begins is really good, and the the you know the Dark Knight, Dark you know, Knight, you know the the you know, Dark Knight's the Dark Knight though. You're like, okay, yeah. like, yeah, you know, kind of thing. But I look at it as this: um, with Fury Road, Mad Max. I mean, can you get any less mean? I mean, I get George Miller, you know, did his other stuff, but Mad Max is a not even an American movie, you know. And the Road Warrior is what it is, right? But Fury Road, I mean. That is so many layers. That's the, that's like the biggest onion of a movie ever. It just has layers you got to peel back. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's a different, you know, and to that to even be considered for best picture. And it didn't win. It won a lot of technical awards, but you can be considered for best picture. It's like, yeah. man, they almost got that right that year. They almost right. got this one right. You know? Yeah. But, we're so close. Yeah. Anyway, folks, <laughs> but like we're saying is there going to be a lot of movies making a lot of money in 2018. I got a feeling we talked about three of them tonight. Um, these are going to be the, the big monster, the, the big monster movies, the battle movies. We're going to see, you know, uh, Jaegers and Kiaju's going at it. George, Ralph and Lizzie ripping apart a city, you know, the T-Rex. I, I do, <laughs> I do have to wonder okay. now on the rampage trail, I didn't break this up. We did it. They have the cover of the smashing pumpkins bullet with butterfly wings. Yeah. The most famous line of which is despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. In the Atari Lynx version of Rampage, oh, there is a fourth monster who is Larry the Rat. Could we see Larry the Rat in Rampage? Okay. Maybe like or, the post-credit scene. That's what I'm saying. Post-credit scene? No shawarma this time. Larry the Rat in a cage. Like, this rat keeps getting bigger. Like, oh, no. 
Larry, what have you done? (laughs) (laughs) Rampage will be back. Rampage shall return in Larry's Revenge. (laughs) Like somebody called Wisconsin. They got a big cheese problem on their hands. (laughs) Go Packers. Go Packers. (laughs) So, all right, folks. Well, we, we really hope that you enjoyed, uh, you know, us going through these um, three trailers here. And uh, hopefully, uh, again, if you have some feedback for us, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can contact uh, me right through the normal bots, bugs, and babes kind of stuff, you know, in the outro of my show. You can and you con- can, yeah. I say, you can contact Earth Destruction Directive at EarthDestructionDirective at Yahoo.com, along with all the other uh, normal ways to contact me through the outro of my show. Right. And so, folks, you know, as I always say, keep those cards and letters coming and keep watching the skies. And as I always say, thank you for downloading and listening and keep them stomping. This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Dai Kaiju podcast, produced and created by me, Luke Jackanetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at twotruefreaks.com. This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. If you'd like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I'll read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find the show on iTunes. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave an iTunes review if you want. You can get in touch with the show on Facebook. Just search for Earth Destruction as the first name and Directive as the last name. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter with the handle LJacone. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. And if you want to buy something discussed on the show, head on over to twotruefreaks.com and click on the Amazon.com link on the front page. Any items you buy during your session on Amazon.com will help keep the lights on, and it won't cost you anything extra. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun on Earth Destruction Directive. Tune in next time to hear the crusty old podcaster from Oklahoma say, There's a WTF (laughs) moment if I ever saw one. Well, it's big and terrible. More frightening than I ever thought possible.